Powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is episode 70, season 4 of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. A uh, little bit of planes, trains, and automobiles uh, the past week for me, Ray, which is not uncommon for you, but for me, a little bit different. Had to make my way to Kamloops, British Columbia for the uh, Memorial Cup and you know, it turns out Kamloops isn't the easiest place to get to when you live in Eastern Canada, but uh, what a great event. Well, I was going to say, it's not a problem. Not a problem for me, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a great event. Uh, the weather was spectacular. The host committee was off the charts. The fans in Kamloops were terrific. So, um, And in the end, arguably the two best teams faced off in the championship final, right, with the Quebec Rampart taking on the Seattle Thunderbirds and Quebec in their execution. So I would say a pretty successful tournament. Yeah, well, certainly it looked good on TV and, you know, the attendance was great and which is the economic measure of, of how you look at a tournament. But also uh, I think it's important that the the cities that host the Memorial Cup are, are able to almost build like a kind of like a fan zone around the rink and it's a connective thing for the whole community. And um, certainly Kamloops was able, able to do that. And it, it certainly looked like the best team won. I mean, they, they were, they were on it. They, they looked really good. Yeah. We'll talk about Patrick Waugh coming up here in headlines, but uh, how's your week been busy? I know that, right. Cammy's been away. So you've had to hold down the fort. Yeah, um, I got back Tuesday night, and she left Thursday morning, and uh, so, <laughs> you know how that goes. But um, so I went to Seattle this weekend and watched Riley play soccer, um, which was awesome. And I played a couple of games, and then came back and scrambling through the week a little bit. Um, it was pretty cool. Cammy was away for uh, the 25th reunion of the 1998 gold medal team, and so she's got to see her teammates for a lot of them for the first time, and in a couple of decades. So it was, um, they had a really great time and now she's at the scouting combine and, um, in Buffalo and, and then she get home Wednesday. And, um, I got to say Drake's, you know, mm-hmm. we shouldn't, we shouldn't walk past your ineptitude of, of downloading the operating system for, for getting the podcast on the air. Um, yeah. but the only reason I'm confident in saying that is because I have a, <laughs> a story to tell. Um, you can't really see, but I got this burn on the bottom of my lip. So I'm home. I'm cooking. No, I can I see it. Our YouTube oh, you fans can? can see it. Oh yeah. It's big. Uh, and it's unfortunately, nasty. I was hoping yeah. it, I was hoping it was too dark. So anyway, um, I'm cooking the other day and I, so I get a marinade out for the steaks. I get the steaks marinating for a few hours. And so I'm going to smash up some potatoes and kids like broccoli, but I'm going to make some carrots with maple syrup and brown sugar on them because it's just kind of fun, right? The, you know, we don't do it very, so I mix it up. So I go to taste the carrots just to make sure that they're done, but I take it right off the pan. Like how stupid is that? Like I take it out of the oven. As I always say to anybody when they burn something, yeah, you know what they say when you take something off the stove, it's hot, right? You know, old smart ass Ray. So I take the carrot off. I take a bite. The bottom half of the carrot spins down and sticks on my lip. It's frick, it just came out of the oven. Like, what do I think is going to happen? What an idiot. So anyways. Yeah, I it's this. like roasting marshmallows, right? And you, your marshmallow starts on fire and you start waving it around to put the fire out. And the next thing you know, it's somebody's face. Well, but but it was me. 
Like I took it out of there. I knew how hot it was. I took a bite of it and it stuck on my face. And so I took it off. And so we finished dinner and Riley, who was 16, he looks at me, he's like, what happened to your face? <laughs> Just like, he must've been staring at it all dinner. And he's like, what happened to your face, man? And I'm like, nah, I'm fine. So, it's like the John Candy anyways, movie. Eh? Holy mother. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Anyway, we're surviving. All right. Headlines Ray presented by our good friends at Tim Hortons. Everyone loves barbecue. Tim's new barbecue crispy chicken loaded bowls and wraps are here. It's a barbecue on barbecue experience. Delicious ingredients like crispy seasoned chicken tossed in a smoky barbecue glaze and topped with a creamy barbecue sauce. Try them now at Tim's for a limited time. And we must look back at the first two games of the Stanley Cup final. And uh, I remember having Chris Abbott on and you guys projected that, uh, you know, Vegas was going to win the series. It's not over yet, but based on what we've seen in the first two games, the Florida Panthers are in a heap of trouble. So bigger picture, not just drill down on last night, because what we saw at varying points last night was, was borderline bizarre. And we're going to unpack some of that, but based on what you've seen in the first two games, how how does Florida claw back and and make this a series? Okay, I picked Flo- or I picked Vegas in five. Yeah, yeah. Last week, I, I and I get some odd looks from a few of the things I did. Um, you know, various media things I did. Be, I I just I did that game six of, of Vegas and Dallas, and I'm like, oh my god, they're a machine. Like when they locked into that series, drags into that game, it was not a contest. Like they were too big, too fast, too strong, too deep. Um, it, w- it was all of those things. And I think that's what we're seeing. Now, how do they get back? How does Florida get back in the series? Well, they could start by not running around, but like a bunch of knuckleheads. I think they're, they're showing everybody how tough they are. And, oh, yeah, you're showing them right when you walk back to the penalty box. Like Paul Maurice's performance after the first game when he's talking about the disallowed goal that review he goes oh I think there was just a re they just wanted a reason to send us back in the penalty box it's because your team came unhinged they took really undisciplined penalties every scrum they've made it their mission to to you know they're going to punch somebody in the face Vegas is unfazed by that because they're they're just locked in they're 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 not you know how you know how Florida can frustrate Vegas is by forechecking and smothering the play that will become fr- frustrating these scrums vegas is walking away from them all the time there's there's nothing there it's a waste of time and energy and i I've, I've seen it before i've been in series before where our team tried was undermanned and we tried to prove to the other team how we weren't going to go away and in the meantime you just take yourself out of your game i mean it the final score last night i mean that game got out of hand and i never really put too much uh, freight into the final score but I just quite honestly I don't see a way Florida can get back in this series I I think it's possible they'll split in in Florida I think it's actually kind of likely they will split but I don't I I don't see I don't see a way back for Florida because even if one line goes silent for Vegas they just got so much depth through their lineup and Go back to the one thing, Drake. Go back to the regular season. Eichel led the team in scoring with 66 points. They don't have a 115 point score. 
So if Eichel had 66 points, just think of how many games he didn't have any points. And they still won the division. And they're still one of the best teams and uh, in the regular season, even with five goalies and all that stuff. So they're, they're an impressive group. Two thunderous hits. And, and to your point on, on Florida probably being out of the series, if Radko Gudis, um, it, well, we know he's going to be unhealthy. What we don't know is whether or not he's going to make his way back. He was, you know, he was banged up going into game two, and then he gets drilled by Barbashev. Um, and that knocks him out of that game. So that takes a huge toll, I would think, on the Florida Panthers. Um, so talk about that, but then also the the Kachuk hit on Eichel. The game was somewhat in hand at that point, but that could have been could have been a turning point. And it looked, even though it, to me it was a clean hit, it it was. And Eichel took responsibility for kind of toe picking right before the the actual contact was made. He then comes back after a short period away <laughs> and immediate, basically immediately draws a nice play up and, and gets, oh, yeah, another point for, for Jack Eichel. So a turning point, which could have been a thunderous hit that, that kind of put the, 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 uh, the Vegas Golden Knights on notice, really had no bearing whatsoever. And Eichel just kind of shrugged it off and said, yeah, yeah nah, but I'm it, fine. It, it, it could have, Drags. Like I, my, my immediate thought, was even though the game was in hand, that could be a changing point in the series. Agreed. Because if Eichel yeah. wasn't able to return, even though we've talked about all of Vegas's depth, I mean that that would have been a a critical loss, Oof. right? If he yeah. wasn't able to play, I, there is zero wrong with that hit. Like that hit was delivered as legally and perfectly as it can be. You're allowed to hit people as hard as you can. Like you're mm-hmm. still allowed to do that. And that was hard. And Oof. the fact that Eichel, you know, sees it and then he kind of starts to bail out of it, you know, because I guess technically you yeah. could go forward through and absorb the hit. But, you know, he kind of, I don't know if he, he said he toe picked, but he just kind of lost his feet and Kachuk went yeah. straight over top of him. And man, that's, that's like running into a dead end. Oh, And, and I don't, I haven't seen anybody suggest it was not a legal hit. Um, not anybody like I, I thought it was mm. a, a terrific hit and part of the game and part mm. legal part of the game. And fortunately yeah. he's okay. As for the Gudis thing, when, when Gudis got hurt, you know, I think the guy's made out of iron. I really do. And so my first thought <laughs> it looks like it. my first thought was, Oh, what happened? Did he get dented? Like he was like, because <laughs> the guy is just like, he would terrify me to play against. So yeah. well, looking at him is terrible. Oh man. He's got that beards half, you know, gigantic, yeah. but he just eyes, he doesn't, a little Darcy he doesn't talk a lot on the ice, you know, and those guys are always kind of unnerved me a little bit. The guys yeah. that were yippy and yeah. yappy that, you know, you were, it just felt different. Those guys are like, like, you know, who never said a word on the ice was Scott Stevens. Oh, and boy, I just, yeah, we know that. History. Yeah. No good. So, if if he's out, that's a that's a pretty critical loss for them. Yeah. Um, as far as the hit, Drags, I for myself personally, this is my own little soapbox that I've been on for a few years. The reverse hit is interference every time. The man making the hit doesn't have the puck. He's not eligible to be hit. Yes, he's going to commit 
to a hit and the player's allowed to brace. Well, you could tell, like you could brace for the hit. You could tell Barbashev did not brace for the hit. He hit Gudis. If that hit is if that hit's okay, tell me the difference between a player skating up the ice back checking and another player just skating over and hitting him. Well, why not? It's the same thing. He doesn't have the puck. And so I the first time I ever saw the reverse hit, I was you can look it up on YouTube. I was on the receiving end of it. Peter Forsberg got me. And I'd never seen it before. I was going to check him. And the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the roof. And I'm like, what the hell happened there? I'd never seen it before. Bad time to find out. And um, I, so I just, I think that is, it, I think it's kind of dangerous, the play, to be honest with you, because you're prepared to make the hit, not receive it. You don't have the puck. You're not expecting to be hit. You're expecting further to be pushed back, but not be hit. And so... Look, I think Barbashev's had a fabulous playoff and he's been he's gonna hit a mother load of a contract when when this thing is all over because he's unrestricted. But um it, it, as long as the play's legal, guys are gonna do it. To me, it's um it's a somewhat dangerous play. Well, message sending to end that game too, right? The officials uh, handing out multiple misconducts as they maintain control. Um you know, I mean, it gets a little tedious as you're just wanting this game again. The score is out of reach to end. You just want, the, you know, they couldn't play out that third period fast enough. And then, you know, you've got this misconduct and that misconduct. And it, it feels like it's a bit too much, but I can also appreciate why the officials are doing it. it right. It is too, it's, it's, it is too it, much. It's a pain in the ass to watch. But if they, yeah. the guys that they send out on the misconducts, if you look at it, Time and time again, they're the ones that are creating the fuss at the end of a play. And if you leave them in the game, at that point, it's pretty clear that they're not going to play anymore. They're just they're just trying to be a jackass, and and it and it's for no other reason than they're trying to you're trying to sting somebody. You know, like you're trying to bug them, you're trying to sting them, you're so. There's no point in them being around. And unfortunately, you've whistle blows. Another guy goes to the box. At least they're not arguing. They just turn around and skate down the tunnel. But it, it was, yeah, that, that sure dragged on a little bit last night. All right, let's uh, get to a couple of other stories and headlines uh, brought to you by Tim Hortons around the National Hockey League. So I'm minding my own business, and I got wind of this while in Kamloops, that Babcock was likely going to return to the NHL on the bench of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that was kind of percolating with, you know, some of the uh, eh, more influential people, let's put it that way, in the NHL who were there. So word was was out, at least in the inner circle of the National Hockey League, that Mike Babcock was going to return. So get confirmation of it Saturday morning as I'm trying to make my way to Kelowna to see some family. Um, tweet it. And the reaction is predictable, I think, don't you? You know, in, in terms of the pushback from fan base, from people who like to pile on Mike Babcock for a variety of different reasons, none of that matters to me. I don't know if it matters to you. What, what I'm wondering is, do you think that Mike Babcock, when they get everything sorted with the Toronto Maple Leafs and he's officially introduced as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, is he the right man for the job? given the personalities of Patrick Lyon, Johnny Goudreau. I mean, go down the list of, of some of the stars in, in Columbus. Well, um, there is um, 
because of the way things played out in Toronto, um, there there was going to be that reaction if he was going to be rehired somewhere. Um, and you're right; it is predictable. The for for me the the really only important thing is what's he done in the last couple of years that he's been away, other than ski and hunt, right? Like like what is he what has he done? Is he does he view things the same way? He's never really said much publicly. He's done, I think, maybe one or two interviews, but he doesn't have to lay a mea culpa on the public. What he needs to do is, in his interview with whomever he was going to interview with, is to explain how he would handle that same situation. Would he handle it differently? Would and and I don't know those answers, so I'm not going to sit here and say, you know that that he would be the same person he's, he was seven years ago or five years ago. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he is. I would sure hope he isn't. Um, I, I would hope none of us are to, yeah. to be honest with you. So is he the right man for the job? Look, I, I think Columbus will be better almost immediately this year um, because they'll have Zach Wierenski in their lineup. Yeah, makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. Their goaltending, you know, if, if Merzlikens can find, a new path, mm-hmm. then that changes a lot of things too. Now they'll have a new goalie coach. Um, you know, he's, he wasn't that far removed from, um, you know, the, the tragic death of, yeah. of his goalie partner. And um, was that two years ago now? And so there's a lot of things going on there. None of it very good. No. Is he the right guy? I, I don't know, Dregs, but I do know this. They will be more organized. They will be they will be held, we know, very accountable because his mm-hmm. that that's part of the way that Babcock ticks. Anyway, so I, I think I I think they will be better immediately. Okay. Now they're gonna get another high draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. So they're up are they third? Right? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's either Fantelli or or Leo Carlson. Like they're going to get a terrific prospect. You know, Johnny Goudreau is he must be like, geez, I left Daryl Sutter and now I'm going here. Like, holy smokes, man. Like <laughs> but he might be the whole linchpin to the whole thing. He, he really be. might. Yeah. Yeah. If if he is and I would I would suspect he would be, but if he's if he's engaged and engaging Babcock's got his conduit to the team. Yeah. Like that, that's where everything has to go through. And, and I, I do think Columbus will be better. I, I, I don't get into whether a guy deserves another chance or not. Like the guy can coach. You might not mm-hmm. like the way he goes about it sometimes, but he can coach. And that's up to Yarmo Kekalainen to determine for his team. If he's the right guy, I, I don't say he's the wrong guy. We're going to find out if he's the right guy. There'll be some speculation this week around Patrick Waugh, you know, head coach of the Quebec Rampart coming off winning the Memorial Cup. Um, He wants to return to the NHL, Ray, but let's save that for Thursday because things might percolate this week. Well, I mean, New York, there's been speculation around the Rangers, although I see the reporting there 
to I'm sure a good source of the Rangers is that no, he's he's not a fit there. So I want you to percolate on that a little bit because Rawaz, he's not going back to the Quebec Major Junior League, so he says. He does want to return to the NHL. So if it's evidently not New York, then where might be the best fit for Patrick Waz? So we'll we'll recheck on that, episode 71 of, of Rain Drake's. Those are your headlines. Thank you, as always, to our pals at Tim Hortons. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Chris Abbott's presentation, Batano.ca. It is available now in Ontario. Check out the website, Batano.ca. And remember, the game starts now. And, Ray, our good friend Chris Abbott is tied up in meetings today. So he's not quite able to join us, but wanted to uh, give us the idea of, of looking at the breakdown and the odds of the remaining games of the Stanley Cup final. And this, I would think, and it, it'll, hopefully Chris can join us later in the week, because when you've got a domination that we've seen, I'm going to say through two games of the of the best of seven, you know how much does that impact the activity? Not just the odds, but the activity. Because when I look at at what Batano.ca has now on the money line, I see the Vegas Golden Knights at plus 105, the Florida Panthers at minus 122. So what's the spread? Plus one point. Uh, five for Vegas, minus one five, obviously for Florida. I mean, there's there's not a lot of action or activity that is available. So I w- wonder if you if you you push away from that. Of course, you can bet on how many uh, games are going to be played in the series. Is Florida going to come back, or do you start focusing more on individual players? You think? And the 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 con Smythe and those sorts of, of betting. Oh, I I would look at I would look at that uh, more than more than the outcome. Yeah. Um, I I know Abs probably was not very pleased as the game started adding goals towards the yeah. end. You know, yeah. he's got the under for the series yeah. total, <laughs> and uh, so those late goals, while they might not have meant anything to me, to him they probably did. Um, I. So if you're looking at the con Smythe, do you have Eichel first right now? Or do you have Marcheseau first? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to really think hard on that one. Jack, Marcheseau's got got the, the, the goals and the points, right? He's really found his stride. But there's something about Eichel. Maybe it's just the star status and how his game has completely evolved. And level of production, who's kidding who, that makes me want to give him the edge. But I'm not so sure that's fair. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Dregs, because there's also one other thing is like you, you can't walk by the fact this is the first time he's yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. He's never been in the playoffs before. And so he's come in and sure, he's a veteran and all that, but eh, you never know how it's going to go. And man, they the, the, the standard of play that he has had in these playoffs has been mm-hmm. pretty remarkable. Like he is just, 
he's been really, really good. And it's not all about, you know, the hugest of numbers mm-hmm. for him. It's not all points. It's I've been really, really impressed. I, I think I would have him slightly ahead, but Marchessault has got 11 goals in 12 games. And, you know, if they win in three more games and he scores four uh, more goals. Yeah. It's going to be it, hard. It's it more difficult for sure. All right. Well, Chris will be back later in the week, so I'm sure he'll have some interesting and entertaining ideas uh, in terms of, of the betting lines. Mm. Because again, we talked about this last week, and I think it was upwards of a hundred different activities that you could participate on in Botano.ca. Ask Ray and Dregs anything. You can send us your questions to us on Twitter, Instagram, Ray and Dregs, or on the website at rayandregs.com and each week we do our best to try and uh, fire off some real nice Ray and Dregs merchandise thanks to our pals botano.ca for supplying us with these lovely caps um here's an interesting one on instagram but it's it's easily dismissed but we'll have some fun with it okay just to start from sean morlock is there anything ray that could make the chicago blackhawks give up first pick overall which in essence is Connor Bedard. I just, I can't see it unless you're talking about Austin Matthews and that sort of right I, craziness. Right? I, I think it's, I think it's fun to try and put together a deal that would actually fit like, but that's, that's playing monopoly. Um, I, I just, I just don't see any way that that could happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about another one here? Uh from Marcel on Twitter. He says, I'm curious about some of the odd start times that we've seen in the playoffs. Like the game in Vegas, which was at noon. I mean, that's odd. Who's getting who? That's odd. How does the altering of sleep patterns, maybe time of eating, food variety, if any, stadium arrival time, affect players, or does it affect them at all? Uh, it, it certainly throws your routine into the blender. Um, I didn't. You know, personally, I didn't mind. I think most players don't mind the early starts. The ones that are the toughest are like three in the afternoon or four in the mm-hmm. afternoon because you you don't really know when to get up, when to eat, when to go back to bed, when you're supposed to be at the rink. So basically what it's, it's reverse mm-hmm. math. And so if you're normally at the rink two hours before the game, you get there two hours before the game, whether it's seven o'clock start or five o'clock or noon. Yeah. Um, it affects what you eat. I mean, you know, trying to eat pasta at eight in the morning is not <laughs> spectacular. I mean, we all did it in college because it was the, yeah, that's you know, all you had junior because it was yeah. the only that's all that was left in the fridge. And you're like, yeah, whatever. It's you know, it was right next to the cold pizza. But um, yeah, that's that's really the toughest part. The but the odd start times, just so people understand, it it's not about hockey. It's about it, everything else. It, it's about yeah. everything. Everything else that is going on. So if the NBA has a playoff game on the same day, they they want to stagger them as best they can so that the two leagues aren't going head to head against each other if they're on different networks. Or what if what if the games happen that day to be on the same network? Well, they're certainly not going to have one on the air and one not on the air, and so they, they get they get moved around. And so I think the guys now are far more aware of why it happens and you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, man, that start time sucks. And then you, you get there and you play. All right. Back to Instagram, Chris Archer at ops fourth liner 
asking two quick questions. One, who's the coolest person you ever interviewed? Um, I'll answer that one first. I mean, you, you, you did, you've done some on the bench interviews over time, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I'm the coolest so person. Go ahead. So, go. oh, did you have an answer for that? I did. I did. Evander Holyfield. I was in Winnipeg years wow. ago. He very religious awesome. dude. He was there uh, on, on on some sort of church related event, and for some promotional attention, they reached out and said, "Hey, would you like to have a quick interview, sit down interview with Evander Holyfield?" I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" He was awesome. How big Again, was he? Oh, big! I'll never forget the size of his hands. You know, and then he didn't really have a neck. Right, he, just, he was enormous, and I maybe that that was probably what made it so cool was just how just how big he was, but mm-hmm. soft spoken, just a good dude. Again, a very you know, man who's uh, who's deep into his faith. So it, that was that was very cool. It was cool. How about you? Uh, uh, I would I would say I don't know how many years ago this would be ten maybe. Um, I did a long sit down with, with Gretz and I'd never really talked to him before. Like never I talked to that. him. I was, yeah. I was nervous as heck talking to him and he gave some great stuff yeah. that I hadn't heard before. And, so um, it was really, it was really awesome. And I was, cause I don't do a lot of them. I was really nervous about, you know, kind of botching the thing. Um, and the other one would be, you know, it, Highlight one of the highlights of my broadcasting career was interviewing Landon, my son. In, oh, yeah, that was a good one. That, that was Detroit. just it might, it, no, he was with Boston. It was his first game with oh, Boston, right. actually. Yes. And it might not, you know, it might not be into your category, but for me, it was pretty awesome. Ah, uh, no, that's super cool. All right, follow up that Chris Archer had, and, and we'll get a quick answer from you. Who did Ray chirp the most in the NHL, and who had the best comeback that made you laugh? Hmm. Kevin Collins. Well, he never really had any comeback. I, I <laughs> no, but you, you you chirped yeah. him a lot. Him a lot. Um, I used to chirp a lot at Chris Chelios, <laughs> just a lot, and he had no time for me, and he was dirty and tough, and yeah, I think that yeah. it, it just really, really, oh man, he. No matter what I said, he was like unfazed. Right, like it just wasn't. <laughs> um, as far as to make me laugh, um, I, I don't know how many times I got asked um, if my side job was getting shot out of a cannon at a circus, um, <laughs> which I always found I always found that kind of funny. Well, just um, visually, it's ridiculous, but it is kind of funny, you know. And um, <laughs> if um, every time I would. This wasn't something that was said, but every time we'd go into a rink and there would be one of those little kids' urinals in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Somebody would always have my name taped over top of it. Like it was like it was the same stuff all the time. But it, I, I always thought it was just. I mean, what am I going to say? Okay, I'm not tall. What do you want That's me to do? Sensational. And and I'm going to tell you really quick, Dregs. One prank the guys did to me one time. I thought it was, I was so mad at the time. Yeah, but you know when if you picture the way a locker is set up, your helmet's always on top of the locker, right? So somebody got up there and they nailed my chin strap into the top <laughs> of the locker. So the way you would get it down, 
is you just like flip it with your hand and it would spin down. You'd catch it and put it on your head. Well, I flipped it and the thing just spun around up there. <laughs> so I'm like, what is that? So I hit it again, turn around, of course, and everybody's watching and laughing, right? Because they all knew because <laughs> they had nailed my helmet to the top I of my stall. I love that stuff, man. So stupid, but it was so great. So great. Too, too bad I was a terrible hockey player because if I had been NHL quality, I would have been one of the best of all time at that kind of shenanigans and pranks. There's a half a dozen old prank strikes that happened all the time. Two two little cups of water yeah. that you'd put in a guy's shin pads that were up on top. So yeah. they'd pull the shin pads out and they'd the water would come and splash all over their face. Um, I was big on taking the guy's underwear, like, you know, the long underwear yeah, that you yeah. wear under your gear and knotting the sleeves up. And so then you'd put it back in their thing. So like they'd put it in and, and all of a sudden their arms are stuck in there. Oh, I just, I love that stuff. It's just. And on top of that, you know, again, you're, you're very routine as a player and to take the extra three minutes that it would take or more to unknot the sleeves I mean, that yeah. would piss people off for sure. That would. Oh, because yeah. everyone's got it on their timing. Yeah, right? You only yeah. got a few minutes to get dressed. The other one, of course, was if a guy was late, you just cut a couple of his laces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not That's all of them, but too. just a couple of them. And oh. he's got to relace his skates. Now he's going to be late for practice that oh, no they good. were sour. Oh, that's outstanding. Well, obviously, Chris Archer gets a uh, a hat, Randrag's hat, compliments of Botano.ca. Um, how about the Marcel on Twitter? I like that. about the curious yep. start, start times. times. Yeah. Yep. All right. Bet. Chris and Marcel getting a couple of hats from our pals at Botano.ca. Uh, all right. We're going to wrap up another edition here of Randrag's. A little bit late, but that's my fault. Uh, so this one's a bit shorter than the normal hour, but that's fine. We'll get through it. Um, are we back uh, Thursday? Are we doing Thursday? Yeah, I think so. Thursday. Yeah. Um, not going to lie. I spent, you know, again, four or five days in the interior and uh, loved Kamloops, by the way. Haven't been there many, many, many years. Zip over to Kelowna to see uh, family. Holly was there visiting her, her sisters and her nieces and nephews and all of that kind of stuff. You know, now that I'm, I, I, I'm not retirement age yet. I don't feel like I'm ready to retire, but I can tell you, man, I can tell you now that the kids are out of the house, essentially gone. I'm a Western Canadian at heart with all due respect to the great people here in Ontario. I think, come I'm, on, Drakes, I'll we'll take you. I think I'm going we'll back, take you. but I, 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 we'll take you. I will stay in the Vernon Kelowna type area. You know what? We'll throw a major curveball into that plan of yours it's a hell of a plan yeah what's that grandkids yeah i feel like knock on wood they should be that but you're bang you're bang on right i mean if if both kids are in ontario and they're having grandkids do you think holly's gonna say yeah this is a great idea we live four thousand kilometers yeah probably not no chance good idea hell of an idea all right bud i uh i'm gonna leave you with this i played golf yesterday with dennis kearns okay yeah and the Great old Vancouver Canuck guy. By the way, yeah. can he ever hit a golf ball? Oh my gosh, That's he's good. Awesome. So he's he's been married fifty one years. Yeah, and so he just got inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame. And I guess he said at his speech, you know, married fifty one years. And you know, when we got married, my my wife said the key to a happy marriage is um, every big decision the husband makes. The big decisions are the husbands. And he's like, it's been 51 years. We haven't had one big decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And his wife is just a sweet lady. And so they, but I thought, this is you. You've got your plan to go out west. Yeah. This is not a big enough decision. So Holly's going to go back with the grandkids. That's my prediction, Drake. I, I like it. I, I also like the old chirp down that lane. When you said, and Dennis said, I've been married 51 years. This one always gets Holly upset when I say, eh, you know, we've been married 32 years. One of them happy. <laughs> doesn't like that. She's like, come on. Well, gee, why? Yeah. Well, what do you think? What if she says to you, yeah, six months happy? <laughs> I go, okay, that's fair. I get it. I understand that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Sorry for being tardy and uh, look forward to another one later this week. Yep. Everybody have, uh, have a good couple of days and um, we'll see if Florida can claw their way back into this thing. Quick shout out to our partners who make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask, are you over beer? Buy Botano.ca, available now in Ontario. The game starts now. By Tim Hortons. Tim's NHL Hockey Challenge is well underway. Into the Stanley Cup final now. And by Dewar. Use code RNDPants and you will save 15% off everything at Dewar.ca. That's another episode of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast. Until later this week, stay safe, everybody.